Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. This week our podcast features an episode of Command Performance. It first aired on March 9, 1942, with this episode featuring Fred Waring. USA, the greatest entertainers in America as requested by you, the fighting men of the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command performance. Presented this week and every week till it's over, over there. From over here to over there, it's Command Performance USA, filling entertainment orders for you soldiers, sailors, and Marines in the North Atlantic, the Caribbean, the Far East, or wherever you may be. This is your show, buddy. For this second worldwide broadcast of Command Performance, many of you have placed orders for Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. Well, they're here along with other famous stars of American stage, screen, and radio named in your letters. So tell them about it, and here's the man to do it, Fred Waring. Hello, you guys. This is Fred Waring messing around on the stage at the Vanderbilt Theater on 48th Street near Broadway in New York City. Our first command tonight comes in from Sailor J.B., a San Antonio lad, now holding down a gunner's job somewhere on the high seas. Uh, I was ambling down Broadway one day last fall, he writes, and caught the big Broadway hit, Best Foot Forward. There was a terrific song in it, Buckle Down, Win Saki. How about playing it on command performance? Here it is, sailor. Buckle down, wind socky. Go, Polly. Oh, wind socky. Knuckle down, wind, socky, 
buckle down. You can win, win, Dottie, if you buckle down. If you mow them down, if you go to town, you can wear the crown if you will only buckle down. Buckle down, win, Dottie, buckle down. Lieutenant K.P. Now, how can a K.P. be a second Louis? Well, anyway, Lieutenant K.P., U.S. Army Air Corps, has this to say. Dear Command Performance, I've really been places the past couple months, and I don't mean nightclubs. But, you know, I'd sure like to put my heels up on a swanky table at the Copacabana and let funny man Joe E. Lewis give me a load of belly laughs. He's a riot, but I got work to do here. So can command performance sub for me at the Copacabana. You bet we can, Lieutenant. Here he is, the king of the nightclubs in person, Joe E. Lewis. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's so nice being here, even though I have been convinced, as you boys are, that money isn't everything. And money doesn't mean everything. I read an old Spanish philosopher, namely Leo de Rocha. <laughs> and at one time he said, a man who has nine million dollars is just as happy as a man with only ten million dollars. <laughs> but nevertheless, I have a little song that I'd like to do. A little song called Sam the Tailor. Union? That's as far as I go, madam. <laughs> and don't worry about the suspenders, they're strong. These suspenders keep an attraction from becoming a sensation. <laughs> Sam the Taylor. We dedicate the song to Sam the Taylor, who made this suit for me for $140. With eight pair of slacks and a scratchy I got. <laughs> Or a racing form, whatever it was. I was drinking that night. Sam the Taylor. I happened to do this song on my last picture. And incidentally, it was my last picture. <laughs> and a very lovely picture got three stars. Two deputies and a sheriff come in. I made two pictures that season. The first picture grossed $400. Second picture was a flop. Sam <laughs> the Taylor. Sam the Taylor. 
Cars is dragging, slowly dragging down the street. As I'm walking, you can hardly see my feet. I'm not finding fault at all. You're too big and I'm too small. But Sam, you promised you'd make both ends meet. You made the coat and vest for the best. You made my lining strong. But Sam, may the pants belong. Nice lapel, so so swell. Who am I to say you're wrong? Say me me the best one. I wear a belt in suspenders. I figure what could I lose? What could the belt or suspenders? When your pants hangs over your shoes, I get a donner's breeze through my DVDs. My pie is where my fly belongs. Command performance fills the next order for one of our fighting marines. Initials R.L. who writes, We've had spring so darn long down here it's hard to believe that up there the big league ball players are just getting warmed up for the 1942 pennant races. What's the dope around the bullpen? Are the Dodgers as good as their rooters? Any transfusions of new blood for the Giants? Give us a pitch, will you, especially on the National League. This order goes to one of America's ace sports commentators, Paul Douglas. Well, thank you, Fred. It's always a pleasure to talk baseball with a good ball fan, and I've got one that's really a good one here now. Now, you know, let's do a little imagining. If we were up at the polo grounds and you heard a fervent feminine voice crying out with great emotion... whispered to you, believe it or not, that's Tallulah Bankhead. Would you be surprised? Well, don't be, because she's here right now, and I want to present one of the best baseball fans in the country, Miss Tallulah Bankhead. Thank you, Paul, and thank you for introducing me as a ball fan, because that's the way I feel. I want to talk as one fan to another. To you boys listening in out there... Wherever you are, you're the greatest team in the world. This is the final game in a different kind of world series. And you're going to win. We are going to win. I say we because you're our team. And believe me, we are rooting for you and working for you. Mr. Lula, you're speaking for me, for every fan, for every ball player in the nation. Now, if you don't mind, uh, may I ask you a few questions? Did you promise not to throw any curves or parsley? Well, with my arm, you can see the stitches on them as they <laughs> come up. Well, now, as a ball fan, tell me, what are your feelings toward Major League Baseball at the present time? I believe that today, more than ever before, baseball is the great American game. 
As you know, President Roosevelt has asked that more night games be scheduled to provide recreation for those working long hours in the war industry. Baseball is one of the symbols of our democratic heritage, and it should remain as such. You know yourself, Paul, it's the only game where the fan makes every play, throws every pitch, calls every decision. You become completely a part of the game, and we need that for the morale of the country. <laughs> After all, Paul, can you imagine second-guessing an umpire in Gestapo land? It's a pretty horrible thought, Tallulah. By the way, you have a wonderful running knowledge of the jargon of the game. How long have you been interested in Major League Ball? <sighs> Shame on you for such a short memory. Why, you took me to see my first game at the Polo Ground. Oh, forgive me. I'm blushing. I mean... Uh, I blush, too, sometimes for my John. <laughs> but not this year. Wait a minute. Just a second. Is that a statement for the press? My giant? I bet every man listening in has his favorite team. The Red Sox, the Cards, the Cubs, and the White Sox. Cincinnati, the A's, the Tigers, the Browns, the Phillies, and the Braves. And the Brooklyn Dodgers. <laughs> Oh, by the way, how do they look? Well, in some respects, they look just like last August. No, you mean burned out. I don't mean that at all. They've already beaten the Giants twice in exhibition games. Well, the chips aren't down yet. But what I really want to say is that every one of us has our teams. And we should stick by them no matter what place they're in now. After all, it's the finish that counts. Oh, that's so true, Tallulah. And now to go back for just a moment. We uh -huh. were blushing a second ago. <laughs> you said something about your Giants and not this year. Would I take that for a prediction or just what? I'm optimistic about a lot of things. But I'd like to broadcast the news that Mel Art has been made manager of the New York Giants. It's possible that some of the men overseas haven't heard the news. But when this season is over and my Giants have won the pennant, uh, well, uh, they will, won't they? Uh, personally, I like Cardinals this year. Oh, well, let's not get personal. Thank you. From what I gather in the Grapefruit League, a good many of the old timers are coming back to replace the men who've already gone to the armed forces. But you've talked a lot to the players, Paul. Just how do they feel? Well, to little, the ball players practically to a man express one opinion. They know they have a job that's expected of them, a job they've been asked to do. The country needs baseball, and they'll play their best. But by the same token, there's not one of them when Uncle Sam calls that won't drop his bat and shoulder a gun. That's American baseball. That's why it's such a great game. It's the men who play it. And before I leave, I want to say this to you fellas in our Army and Navy and Marine Corps. On December the 7th, the enemy stole a base. It wasn't a fair play. But God umpires this game, and he'll call that play in due time. Meanwhile, boys, you keep on pitching. Strike them out, cut them down, one, two, three. We're backing you at home plate. We can only give you the good old assist, but that's half of the put-out. And we've all gone to bat for you, in the steel mills and the coal pits, along the semi-lines and our professions and our homes. You're our team. And we love you, and we depend upon you, and we swear by you. You simply have to win. You know, fellas, there's a pennant that's been flying around here since 1776. Keep it flying. Thank you, Cholula Bankhead and Paul Douglas. 
Yours truly and the Pennsylvanians want to say thanks to Lieutenant Commander G.F., who sends us an order fresh off a U.S. destroyer, putting in full-time on U-boat business. If command performance ever puts Fred Waring on, he writes, our boys want him to do that famous push-button tuning. Well, haven't we got a swell Navy? Thanks, men, and here it is. Push-button tuning. Push-button tuning is a novelty which is based on the amazing sequence of amusing bits made possible by a push-button radio. The idea is to tune back and forth inadvertently among several stations and strange things do happen, and here is an example of what might happen among four programs, one of which is dramatic, two are songs, and the other truth and consequence quiz program. The sound you hear now is the sound of the button. When you hear that, we've changed stations. Here we go. In tonight's presentation of Grand Plays, we bring you excerpts of scenes from Shakespeare. We begin with Act Two of the tragedy of Romeo and Juliet. The scene, Capulet's Orchard. Oh, speak again, bright angel, for thou art as glorious to this sight as is the winged messenger from heaven. My ears have not yet drunk a hundred words, yet I know the sound. Art thou Romeo? Who art thou? Hey, romantic I, your romantic I, my way would bring heaven nigh. So why don't you try? I am trying, but would you please repeat that question? Why, certainly, Miss Helwig. Oh, oh, no coaching, please. Now, the question I ask you is, when will I see your face? Why do you just elude me and leave me this lonely space? thy father and refuse thy name. But if thou wilt not... Then you'll have to take the consequences. <laughs> you answered that question incorrectly, madam. So now you must pretend that you have just stepped out of a cold shower, you have soap in your eyes, and you can't find the towel. <laughs> All right, now go ahead. Come on, be a good sport. Now, come on. Now, look, just imagine yourself in this predicament. Now, how would you dry yourself? I on a windy We call a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Well, how about a skunk? Oh, no, no. No, I'm sorry, sir. We cannot accept that answer as right. It's true that a skunky is often called a pole cat, but it is not a member of the cat family. Now, can anyone tell us where Mr. Skunk really belongs? Hey, on a windy This is Danny Clay again. You have just been listening to the voice of Tim Tyler. Now we bring you our little song, just wee baby Barker, and I wish you could see her as she steps up here to the microphone with a mouth full of crackers, oh. and at the same time sing Chattanooga Choo Choo. All right, sir, you ready? All right, here are your crackers. Now take a big mouthful of them, and then give us a good hot chorus of the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Well, there go the crackers, folks. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's pretty good, but eat the rest of the crackers all you're here. Now let's have the second course. <laughs> Brother, you're certainly trying hard enough, but be careful. Don't choke. Don't choke. Change to Chesterfield. They satisfy. Here's an order scribbled on the wrapping from a pack of American-made cigarettes smoked in North Ireland. When I was a yard bird at Camp Callan, California, it says, Hollywood threw a big show for us one night, and the big kick for me was Tommy Riggs and Betty Lou. You guys on command performance claim you'll get us anything we want, so how about a repeat from Tommy Riggs? Signed, Corporal J.C. You're the law around here, Corporal, and here's the answer to your request. Two of radio's favorite artists. That is, our ears tell us there are two, even though my eyes see only one. Here they are, Tommy Riggs and his imaginary little bundle of mischief, Betty Lou. Tommy Riggs. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Betty Lou, we're mighty happy to be here tonight to do our bit for the boys, aren't we? Oh, yes, I'm mighty happy to be here because I almost didn't get here, too. <laughs> yes, I know, young lady. As a matter of fact, you kept me waiting for half an hour. Well, I wouldn't have been late, Mr. Tommy, except my mommy took me way downtown to buy me some nice new panties. <laughs> well, Betty Lou, that's no reason to keep me waiting for a half an hour. Now, what do you think the most of, me or the new panties? Well, Mr. Tommy, I can go a lot of places without you. <laughs> I see. Well, Tommy, I see Betty Lou finally got here. Oh, hello, Mr. Wang. I'm sorry I was late, but uh, Mr. Tommy is late sometimes, too. He is? Yes. It's always on account of that darned old girlfriend of his, too. Oh, is Mr. Tommy in love? Oh, he's in love with all the girls. Mr. Waring, what's a wolf? <laughs> Betty Lou, please. Well, are you in love with that girl? Of course not. She's just an infatuation. Well, how do you know when you are in love? Well, honey, when you feel like your heart wants to jump out of your body and... Something in your throat seems to jump up and down. Do you know what that is? Yes, hiccups. No. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. But, young lady, when you fall in love, you won't be able to sleep. You won't be able to eat. Well, if I ever should get married and leave you, you won't be able to eat either. <laughs> but, Betty Lou, you wouldn't desert me, would you? Oh, but speaking of dessert, uh, Mr. Waring invited us over to his house tonight for a chicken dinner. A chicken dinner? Well, that's ducky. No, it's chicken. <laughs> well, I hope I get there before Fred Waring sits down to eat. He certainly finished off that last chicken dinner. Oh, Mr. Waring loves chicken. Any kind. <laughs> hmm. Well, anyway, when he got through with that last chicken, there was nothing left but the skeleton. Well, what's a skeleton? Well, that's the bone structure of the body. All animals and humans have a skeleton. Well, have you got one? Why, certainly. You have one, too. Remember that bony thing in the doctor's office? That was his wife. No, no, dear, the, the other one. After all, Betty Lou, we're just a bunch of bones with padding on us. We are? Yes. Well, Mr. Waring certainly has a lot of padding on... Never mind. <laughs> Mr. Waring is a fine man. I used to play golf with him. Well, Mr. Waring said he was on a tee once when a woman was trying to drive and she hit him with a golf club. She did, but she hit him. Well, Mr. Wayne said she was like all women, a backseat driver. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Betty, I think you'd better run along. I'll see you at Mr. Waring's house for dinner. Well, I may not see you there, Mr. Tommy. Well, why not? Because I don't like chicken. No? No. Well, why not? Well, I always get the wishbone. The wishbone? Well, that's lucky. Did you say lucky? Of course it's lucky. Well, the chicken had it, but it didn't do him any good. <laughs> well, I'd better tell Mr. Waring about this. Oh, Fred. Yes, Tommy. Uh, say, uh, Betty Lou tells me she doesn't like chicken. By the way, did you catch any fish when you are down in Florida? Did I? I caught an 1,800-pound tuna. How much, Mr. Waring? 1,800 pounds. I never saw such a fish in my life. I believe you. <laughs> Betty Lou, is that polite? I said I believe him. But you know what I caught once, Mr. Waring? What? Well, I was fishing one time, and I finally got something on my line, and I pulled, and I pulled for about 20 minutes. And when I finally got out of the water, it was a darned old lantern. Well, that's nothing unusual. But this one was lit. <laughs> Betty Lou, please. Well, the lantern was lit when I fished it out. You don't expect me to believe that, Betty Lou, but I did catch an 1,800-pound tuna. Well, Mr. Waring, if you'll drop 500 pounds off your tuna, I'll blow out my lantern. So there it is. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy Riggs. And now, fellas, we happen to know a soldier on the Baton Peninsula. We happen to know, too, that he got married a few years ago. And that he and his wife had a favorite song. It was played at the wedding. He didn't ask us to play it here, but maybe he's listening and would like to hear it again. And maybe you would, too. We sing Stardust.
Taylor brings another command performance up close to the finish line. This is Fred Waring saying thanks from over here, hoping you liked it, over there. Sam's Fighting Soldiers, his Fighting Sailors, and Fighting Marines, Command Performance is your show. And wherever you may be, look for it each week. For Command Performance reaches every corner of the world. American radio stage and screen stars are taking their orders from you. They're yours to command. Simply address your letters to Command Performance USA, care of the station to which you are listening. I'll repeat that. Just write your letters to Command Performance USA in care of the station to which you are listening. And the best entertainers in America will send their best to the best fighting men on earth. So long, buddy, from the USA. wartime program in radio that listeners in the states never heard. Command Performance was a weekly variety show produced by the War Department and only aired for our troops serving overseas. It was dubbed by Time Magazine as the best wartime program in radio. The program featured the most spectacular stars, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, the Andrews Sisters, Cary Grant, and many, many more. Broadcasters donated their studios, the stars donated their acting, even the director, Vic Knight, left the well-paying Fred Allen show to donate his skills. The show was seen by stars and studio hands as a way for the entertainment industry to contribute to the war effort and to make a connection to the soldiers. The idea behind the title is that the soldiers would write in and request what they wanted. The show includes some heartfelt letters from soldiers who might request a particular sound from their home, like the sounds of Fifth Avenue, New York. The MC would give a shout out to a particular soldier or unit or theater of war, then play what was requested. To counteract what could be sad or moving letters from those serving and risking their lives, the show had a lighthearted feel, with plenty of peppy music and jokes. It is basically a USO show on the radio. Two specific programs really stick out. On Christmas Eve 1942, the show was aired in the States and was played on all four radio networks. As an example of how star-studded the show was, in 1945 the show outdid itself with an episode called Dick Tracy and B-Flat, subtitled, For Goodness Sakes, Isn't He Ever Going to Marry Tess Trueheart? The Dick Tracy ripoff starred Bing Crosby, Dinah Shore, Bob Hope, Jimmy Durante, Judy Garland, the Andrews Sisters, and Frank Sinatra. Command Performance USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the men and women in the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.